Good morning. Rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. How's everybody feeling today? In a good mood? Good. Glad to hear that. Hope you had a nice weekend. I certainly did. Spent a little time with the family. The mother-in-law was in town. We did a little bowling yesterday and she was making jokes about me being on my phone because there was just so much happening in the news. I don't know how I'm going to fit it all in in this two-hour space. We've got some incredible guests for you. Starting off at 7.30 a.m. Central Time, Cliff Maloney is going to join us live this morning from Sedalia Mo to talk about CPAC. Yeah, a little bit, but probably more important than even than that, Nikki Haley losing in South Carolina. Womp, womp, womp. She says she's staying in the race anymore. That's no, God! No, God, The Coke please, Network no, has no, had enough because no. they're deciding that they are going to pull out no more money for Nikki Haley, boo, they say. Joe Biden supporters everywhere. Dare you? Do you remember a couple of months ago when I posted on Twitter? If you're not following me there, you need to, at AP for Liberty. Do you remember a couple of months ago I said uh, that... DeSantis supporters' second pick is Donald Trump, but Nikki Haley supporters' second pick is Joe Biden. Yeah, I think I wrote that in a column at humanevents.com. I'm glad that that'll go down in history that I said that because, well, I've got a clip I'll share with you this morning that proves everything AP said was correct, per usual. (laughs) Just kidding, I do get things wrong sometimes. Uh, but not when you hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel if it's your first time joining us here today. We're going to have a rocking show. And if you're new here, we'd love to make your acquaintance and have you come back and join us every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. The Wake Up America show streams live. I have to admit, I had a little bit of a busy weekend, so I didn't check my text messages on Saturday and Sunday. Are there any voicemail, text messages over there? Oh, yes, there is. Sorry. Send us a text if you'd like at 573. And I usually get back to you. 573-319. 1586. Again, that's 573-319-1586. Oh, Guokas messaged. He said he got his thank you note. Good. Glad to hear that, Guokas. Another listener texted in says, Millet was great as always. Yes, Millet and Trump meeting at CPAC. The forces of heaven gathering together. It was exciting. I mean, you gotta admit that it's they're two legends. And so when they got to meet and Javier Millet, who doesn't really speak a lot of English from what I understand, uh, managed to communicate with Trump. And then he had a conversation with Vivek Ramaswamy as well. I've got those clips. It's just, there's so much happening. I've got like 25 clips queued up for you in the show today. Plus I've got bonus content. You knew I was going to do it to you every day on the show. I've got bonus content that you can unlock for a price, for a fee. (laughs) You evil capitalist AP. Yes, yes. If you'd like to unlock the bonus content today, the theme this week is Heroes of Liberty. And each day you will get an opportunity to unlock the bonus content if you donate for money. Yes, money, actual dollarinos. Uh, If you donate at least $50 in total, everybody on the show, by the end of the show, then you will unlock today's bonus content, which is this this week's theme is Heroes of Liberty. Uh, and they are little mini uh, documentaries that I think you guys would really appreciate. So check it out. Oh, somebody just bought something from the shop. Just an FYI, that totally counts. And so if we receive at least $50 in shop purchases by the end of the show, 
then that counts as part of the um the wake up america show bonus content unlocking so yeah go and buy so all we got to do probably is just buy one more thing at the shop somebody bought uh, two boxes of coffee so go buy one more box of coffee at apforlibertyshop.com some delicious founding flavors uh and that'll unlock the bonus content the heroes of liberty for this week uh, another listener texted in this morning everybody's excited to chat i know there was so much that happened this weekend Naya Bukele is also a legend, dude. Bukele walked so Malay could run. Okay, okay. Yes, Bukele got elected first. I'll give you that. And I do like Bukele, but I'm more of a Malay man myself. Uh, and then you're sending me in this other good news that we all have to be excited about. The Republican National Committee Chair, Ronna McDaniel, stepping aside for Trump loyalists. Okay. What an interesting headline that you wrote there, Axios. Republic, this isn't breaking news. Republican National Committee Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel is resigning on March 8th, she said in a statement Monday after former Trump won South Carolina primary. Okay, so she says she's resigning on March 8th, but she's already said before, oh, I'm going to step down or I'm going to step aside, but she hasn't done it. I will believe it when that uh, lady is out of there. You know, <laughs> Austin watching just warning, yes. Uh, so... Yeah, I know. Ronald McDaniel, Romney, we're not exactly big fans over here. We'd love to see some new blood in there, but who knows if the next person will be able to make it happen. Uh, and Tony Martinez will be joining us live on the show today. There he is in the chat. What's up, Tony? For a fee, I will set you free. Uh, we're excited to hear from Tony Martinez at 8 a.m. today. He was in the room when uh, Javier Malay gave his epic speech at CPAC. Some people called the speech a bit dry, but... I'm a nerd, so I enjoy long economics lectures from people. So Javier Malay goes to CPAC and tells Republicans what they need to hear, which is that not only do we need to say, oh, we're fighting against socialism, but we need to understand what the socialists believe and why it is our version of free market economics should triumph over socialism. Javier Malay gave an epic sweeping speech with plenty of Viva La Libertad Carajo uh, of Carajos and, um, and Afueras. So we'll hear from Tony Martinez, who was there at 8 a.m. Central Time. It's going to be a great conversation with Tony. We can't wait to hear from him. At 8.30 a.m. today, we're going to hear from an Argentinian by the name of Lisandro Iafar. And I think that I pronounced that correctly. I'm actually, I'm working on my Spanish, F FYI, uh, and getting a little bit better. He is a student who is studying aeronautical engineering in Argentina. He was also part of the La Libertad uh, Avanza coalition, which was the coalition that was put together to help elect Javier Malay. So we're going to hear from him about what the lion of Argentina's next moves may be. Um, and I've got a million billion clips. God, there's so much going on in this show today. Um, I don't know how I'm going to be able to sneak it all in. But if you make uh, at least... A $5 donation, you guys are going to definitely get to unlock that uh, that content so you can see the bonus content for this week, which is the Heroes of Liberty, or you can make a purchase at the shop. Okay. And don't forget, too, you can send us a text at 573-319-1586. Again, that's 573-319-1586. Shane Gillis was on Saturday Night Live this weekend, and he killed it. We're so busy this weekend, Steph, you and I didn't get to, sit, get to sit down and watch it together, but you guys know Shane Gillis. He was a comedian who got canceled from Saturday Night Live because of some politically incorrect comments that he had made several years ago. Well, now he's become this big, huge uber celebrity and everybody's loving him. And uh, he had a Netflix special called Beautiful Dogs where he talks about Donald Trump. He did these great skits on SNL as well. I've got the clips from the skits. 
We may have to go into overtime today, guys. We just might. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, all of our friends this morning on the show. Make sure that you send in your text again at 573-319-1586. All right. Well, first off, let's start off with uh, how's Joe Biden doing giving a speech this weekend before we get to all the fun Javier Malay clips that we're going to post here. Here's Joe Biden. Um, trying to read a quote from what he calls the man behind him here. Take a listen you know, to um, Current Steve... commander-in-chief, historic, by the way, historic uh, approval rate, low approval ratings as of this morning. Here in front of this portrait, the man behind me here, he, uh, he said, and I want to make sure I get the quote exactly right, he said, the better angel, he said, we must address the council and address the better angels of our nature. And we do, and we do well to remember what else he said. He said we're not enemies, but we're friends. It's the middle, it's in the in the part of the Civil War. He said we're not enemies, but we're friends. We must not be enemies, folks. And I've been around. I know I don't look it. I've been around a long while. <laughs> and uh, I mean this sincerely. We've gotten politics has gotten too bitter. You know, uh, yikes. Well, Italian TV apparently uh, has caught on to what's happening over here with our commander in chief, and they released a little skit mocking Joe Biden and his cognitive decline. Watch this. Buonasera, Presidente Biden. Buonasera. Presidente. Buonasera. Grazie. Good Molto evening, bene. Mr. Pre no, President uh, Biden. President. <laughs> here we are. President. President. Uh, President Biden. Here? Yes, yes. Good evening. <laughs> Buonasera. Yes. Yes. Eh? I said to the president of Israel, sì. Mikhail Gorbachev. No, no, non è Gorbachev, non è Gorbachev, no. He did that this weekend, too, when he was talking about the president of uh, Egypt, and he called him the president of Mexico. Sorry, Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 When he went to the moon, and he was shot from Dallas. No, stia fermo, fermo, presidente. Presidente. Long shot from Dallas to the moon. Si sta, si sta con Kennedy. Uh, 14 si. millions. Si. Eh? Me, miles. <laughs> Uh, so as you can see, um, as you can see, the uh, the the world is laughing at us, and that's unfortunate because at the end of the day, we're going to have to laugh at ourselves if this guy gets reelected. Um, somebody who'll never get elected, Nikki Haley, for president of the United States, gets trounced in her home state of Carolina. This is what she had to say, or South Carolina. I said earlier this week that no matter what happens in South Carolina, I would continue to run for president. <laughs> I'm a woman of my word. Ooh, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. Like, this is another reason why I think uh, Donald Trump needs to be reelected as president of the United States. Let me just tell you something, guys. You, some of you aren't going to like what I have to say here. Okay. I'm going to say some, some, some stuff that's politically incorrect. Are you ready? You guys ready? Here we go. The last thing we need is a woman running this country. And let me tell you why. We've got enough feminine energy going around. We have been, this country has been so hyper feminized and we are so, we are so in, 
we are at a lack of testosterone in this country. Uh, and I know that that a lot of women, not all women, not my wife and not a lot, a lot of women here in mid-Missouri and Jefferson City, but there are a lot of women that vote with their private parts. They don't vote with their brains. They vote with their private parts. They go out and they vote just like a lot of people do when they voted for Obama because he was black, right? They vote for somebody because, well, you know what? I'm going to vote for a white man because he's a white man. How do you like that? You go out and you vote for your for your uh, minority candidates because they're a minority. You go out and you vote for oh, the white woman candidates because she's a, a woman of color candidate, by, by person of color candidates. I'm going to go vote for a white man because that's the energy that this country needs. And if you don't like it, blow me. Blow me because this is the United States of goddamn America. And I'm sick and tired of bowing down to every third world dictator. I'm sick and tired of making apologies for terrorists and Hamas. Did you see that little flabby Air Force guy who set himself on fire in front of the Arab, or excuse me, the Israeli embassy the other day? Free Palestine. That's the kind of energy that you want running this country. I say, hell no. no. God. God, no. No, God, please, no. No. It's time no. for a man to take no. charge. It's time for us to put the men in their proper leadership roles. Ladies, no more girl bossing. You girl bossed a little bit too close to the sun. I'm voting for a white man president because that's the energy that this country needs. Can I get an amen? Which is not to say that I'm doing it just because he's a white man, because I would have gladly voted for Vivek Ramaswamy for president of the United States. And he's far closer to my ideology. But you know what? Those aren't the options that we're facing right now. I would have voted for a brown man to be president of the United States because he's still got that white man energy that we need. <laughs> evil laugh. Where's my evil laugh button? <laughs> we need Donald Trump to bring in a reckoning. We need Donald Trump to make America the 1980s again. You know, when men were men, when women showed up in beer commercials wearing bikinis, when every commercial that we turned on for TV wasn't some diversity, equity, and inclusion ad where it's the white woman with the black man and the multiracial kids, and if there does happen to be a white male in the commercial, then he's a, a total clown or an idiot that needs the, the woman to come in and save him and show him how to send an email. Uh, the old book guy just sent us in five bucks, says, enjoying my Madison morning coffee, another white male. Uh, James Madison. Thank you very much for that. You guys have unlocked the content. Congratulations. With that little simple $5 donation. Can you imagine? Urs Mommy joining us live this morning. What's up? How you doing, Urs? Nice to see you. We're glad to have you here, all of our friends. Don't forget, as you come in, don't you, there's a little button that you, as you're entering the, um, as you're entering the Wake Up America show, auditorium and you sit down amongst the rest of the audience and you grab a little since it's a morning show we have little like breakfast pancakes that you can get uh so pick one of those up but make sure you click that like button as well right so they click the like and if it's your first time here in front of your seats you should be able to see there is a subscribe button as well so if it's your first time in the theater i know urge mommy and the rest of you that are our friends our regular friends mighty megatron and others you're already subscribed but for those of you who are new here, if you're enjoying the content, make sure you click that subscribe button. It's right there in front of you. We appreciate you very much for that. And since you guys unlocked the bonus content, enjoy today's bonus content. The last night of liberalism, our Heroes of Liberty series begins right now. Mises, the last night of liberalism and a hero of liberty. Ludwig von Mises, 
an Austrian economist, fiercely opposed socialism, championing free market capitalism instead. His teachings remain influential in the study of economics. He served as a professor in Vienna and New York, notable for his seminal work, Human Action, and passed away in 1973. In 1912, Mises wrote The Theory of Money and Credit, criticizing government interference in the economy and advocating for the efficacy of a free market system. The Ludwig von Mises Institute furthers his legacy, focusing on praxeology, the analysis of human action in economic contexts. Born in 1881 in Austria-Hungary, Mises was raised in a multilingual noble Jewish family, laying the foundation for his future academic pursuits and future troubles. After earning his Juris Doctorate in 1906 from the University of Vienna, Mises embarked on a distinguished career in economics and education. During World War I, Mises advised Austrian Chancellor Engelbert Dollfuss and later opposed National Socialism, leading him to a position in Geneva, Switzerland. In 1940, Mises and his wife fled Austria from the Nazi-German advance in Europe and emigrated to New York City in the United States. Mises' move to the U.S. in 1940, supported by the Rockefeller Foundation, marked a significant phase as he joined New York University. His work on monetary theory established the foundational link between microeconomics and macroeconomics, emphasizing money's market-derived value and function. Mises' regression theorem explained the value of money through its historical utility, challenging prevailing Keynesian economic thought. In 1920, Mises introduced in an article his economic calculation problem as a critique of socialisms, which are based on planned economies and renunciations of the price mechanism. In his first article, Economic Calculation in the Socialist Commonwealth, Mises describes the nature of the price system under capitalism and describes how individual subjective values are translated into the objective information necessary for rational allocation of resources in society. He developed the Austrian business cycle theory, attributing economic booms and busts to government-induced credit expansions and their inevitable corrections. Mises criticized centrally planned economies and Keynesian economics, advocating for a market-driven economy as the optimal means for resource allocation and wealth creation. He is one of the most influential economists in history and a progenitor of modern free market economic thought. There you go, Ludwig von Mises, The Last Night of Liberalism. I hope you enjoyed your mini documentary bonus content today. Thank you for unlocking it. This week's series will be a five-part series on some of the greatest heroes of liberty in history. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. I might play it as well for people who are joining us later on in the show. But if you're joining us now and you haven't clicked that like button, please do so and subscribe to the channel and come back and join us. That's the kind of awesome history content that you just don't get on other morning talk shows. It's a great way to start your day. The Wake Up America Show, and I'm your host, AP. They call me AP for Liberty. And don't forget, of course, to visit the AP for Liberty shop where you can get delicious founding flavors coffee. Mmm, speaking of heroes for liberty, George Washington's revolutionary roast, Thomas's painkiller, Adams's patriotic perk, Madisonian mornings, Betsy's Liberty Lullaby, you can get it all right here at AP4LibertyShop.com. That's AP the number four right down there. AP4LibertyShop.com. All right. Love seeing almost 200 people joining us live here. What's up, everybody? What a great mood today. 
We got some awesome guests coming up on the show. We got Cliff Maloney joining us here in about 10 minutes. We've got Tony Martinez. We've got Lisandro Ejar joining us today. I think I'm getting that name right. Hopefully I am. Don't laugh at me. Okay, laugh all you like. Sometimes I'll be clowning, y'all. Wake Up America show brought to you by listeners and viewers just like you. Matt Unruh, about time, dude. We were wondering where you are, brother man. Hope Robin's doing fine. You're about to be a daddy. You're going to be a daddy before I'm a daddy. I'll be a daddy in July. It's so exciting. Uh, being, this is going to be my first baby. And, uh, well, I'm not having the baby because, you know, <laughs> although they say that I could. Some people say that I could. Uh, but yeah, my first baby coming in July and Stephanie is just now starting to get that baby bump, which we've been like, you know, you get that paranoid feeling. It's like, oh, there's no baby bump. There's no baby bump. And there's pe- people will, like see pictures of Stephanie online and they're like, where's the bump? Where's the baby? You're five months along. How come we don't see any bumps? So she like, she gets stressed about that because people are like, where do you need to eat ice cream? And everybody's giving us all this unsolicited advice. Matt, I don't know if you're going through this as well. Like everybody's telling us, you know eat witch hazel, you know, smoke, you know, this butthole from a, you know, slug in South America in order to stay healthy as a father, right? And we're just doing what we can to try and eat healthy, work out. Yesterday, we had a nice workout, right? Did a lot of push-ups, a lot of sit-ups, but Stephanie is finally starting to show that little baby bump. So we're very happy about that. Uh, excited about that. Uh, Matt Unruh says uh, he'll shoot tips as he discovers them. Thank you. Yes, give me like the tips before they happen. Uh, Javier Malay met Donald Trump in Washington, D.C. over the weekend. We viva la libertad, our carajo, until we couldn't carajo anymore. Here he is. Now, some people say that Donald Trump didn't want to hug Javier. I know Trump is a bit of a germaphobe. Let's just analyze this moment here. Here he goes. So Javier goes in for the handshake. Trump tries to keep him at a distance, but Javier's like, no, hug me, you big, sexy man, you hope. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Gives him a big slap on the back as well, you know? That one sounded like it hurt a little bit. Honor for me. He just got a hold of Donald Trump right there. And, and Javier, again, he doesn't speak all lot of English, right? So it's like, and you can see the Secret Service guy right there is feeling very uncomfortable about, feeling very uncomfortable about this. You. Not quite going to Thunberg levels of how dare you, but like no, a little bit of like, God. please no, don't touch God, the man, <laughs> right? Uh, later, Javier at his hotel room. FBI, open up! Hi, Viva la Libertad, carajo. Thank you very much. It's a very I just know that they're going to take this video down because of the stinking YMCA playing in the background. Let's get some pictures. Yeah, see, the the Secret Service guy's like, let's get some pictures because he's like, please get your hands off the man. (laughs) Make Argentina that picture. He did great. Just stay back there for me. Just stay back. (laughs) And people were so triggered about this. They were saying, oh, he needs to teach Trump a thing or two, blah, blah, blah. And it's just kind of like, you know, give him a break. You know what? I also liked this meeting between Vivek Ramaswamy and Javier, which is more of a meeting of the minds than just two legends. (laughs) Marxismo afuera. (laughs) Afuera. 
Marxismo afuera. Very good. Very good. Marxism. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Very happy. And you're more of a Mises guy. I'm a Hayek guy. <laughs> but uh, but there are good synergies between Hayek, the two. And, and, and we want to bring that mentality to the U.S. You see, that's why I like Vivek Ramaswamy. That's why he's my boy. He's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. That's what we need to learn. How you actually shut things down. But one of the most marvelous pensadores de la libertad. For Fue liberty, Murray Rothbard. That's right. That's right. Yes, very much so. Very much so. And so, you you can't reform these agencies. You have to shut them down as you're doing. And so, I'm proud of you for doing that. You set a good role model. Así es. We want to bring that to the U.S. Tomen la patente de afuera. Afuera. Marxismo afuera. But we're all just so happy. Everybody love everybody. Uh, CJ824 says, I love this moment. Urs mommy wants to put her fingers through Javier's hair. Ah, yes. In hot flashes right now. Postmenopausal. My fan isn't working. What is going on? Marxismo afuera. Ah, yes. Marxismo afuera. Uh, Mo Conservatarian said that was the longest handshake ever. Yes, it was. Quite long. Donald Trump's Truth Social post from back in November when Javier Malay won his election uh, was circulating yesterday as well. He said, congratulations to Javier Malay and a great race for president of Argentina. The whole world was watching. I'm very proud of you. You will turn your country around and truly make Argentina great again. Now, we didn't hear that from Nikki Haley, did we? We didn't hear that from Joe Biden, did we? We didn't hear that from other Republican presidential candidates, did we? Yes, well, we might have heard. We heard it from Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, I don't remember if Ron DeSantis sent a congratulations to um, Javier Malay, but I remember Ron DeSantis supporters being very butthurt that I pointed that out back in the day. So. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yes, Mighty Megatron reminding us all that Malay this past month has already had its first surplus in 12 years in Argentina. Congratulations. I'm just so happy. Don't you love to see it? Like, here's Malay's signature there. Look at that. There's Donald Trump's signature. Javier Malay, I want that board right there. That's Matt Schlapp. He's the guy who runs CPAC. Like, like you got literal congressmen there begging for an autograph. Isn't it nice to actually be optimistic for once instead of like looking down the dumps? I know people who like who hate Donald Trump. They're all upset, right? The Nikki Haley lovers. Right, people like the Liz Cheney's Nikki Haley telling Liz Cheney she was inspired to run for office by Hillary Go Clinton. Into just what? about any nursery school in America today, probably around the world, you will see that the little girls are running circles around the little boys. Uh, and I say that as a proud yeah. mom of both girls and boys. Yeah, and that's why we need uh, Donald Trump to be president of the United States again for our little boys. Um, but the girls are running the place. And so I have often wondered what happens. Why is <laughs> why the world Is went it to that women are not yet anyway running the world oh no oh no, and oh, no. i think part of it is uh, risk aversion what really go. jumped me over to say i'm going to do this is i was at the Furman institute and actually hillary clinton was the guest speaker and she was there giving a speech to a few hundred people and she said everybody's going to tell you why you shouldn't do it and that's all the reasons why you should if you go into just about any uh, 
Well, there you go. Another reason to vote for Donald Trump for president of the United States. All right, listen, I got to go get Cliff Maloney. He's hanging out in the wings. He, he was at CPAC. He spoke at CPAC. He knows CPAC. He's going to talk to us about Nikki Haley losing in South Carolina and his thoughts on Javier Monet on the Wake Up America show. WakeUpAmericaShow.com. Don't go away. Let me ask you, I mean, you've been very clear you don't want President Trump to be back in the White House. You've courageously talked about the threat. You are a Republican. That's why you joined the White House. You've worked for Republican candidates. Are you open to supporting Joe Biden? Yeah, I have said that if it is a choice um, between Donald Trump and Joe Biden in a general election, that even if I don't agree with the policies of President Biden, that I would put policy aside and I would cast my vote for him for democracy. There's that D word again. Welcome to the Wake Up America show. Good morning. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. Today is Monday, the 26th of February. We're glad and thankful to have you here. Click that like button to subscribe to the channel. Hey, don't shoot me. I'm just the messenger. I just wanted to play that clip for you so that you could have a little context. I did write a column a few months ago explaining why I thought that Ron DeSantis supporters, if he drop out, they go to Donald Trump. But where do Nikki Haley supporters go if Nikki Haley drops out of the presidential race. Well, don't tell her I told you this, but my mother-in-law, she's a Democrat. You know, don't, you know, don't shoot the messenger, but she said that she voted for Nikki Haley as well. So listen, all I'm saying is that Nikki Haley does not belong in the Republican Party. The neocons need to go back to the Democratic Party where they came from. I'll explain that history to you a little bit later, but let's talk about what's happening in moving and shaking at events. Let's get a mover and shaker in here. Cliff Maloney, one of the biggest leaders in the liberty movement right now out there fighting for freedom every single damn day of the week he's fresh from cpac he's joining us live right now from sedalia hey cliff how are you doing brother i'm fantastic thanks for having me today austin glad to have you here nikki haley gets crushed in her home state of south carolina she says i'm soldiering on but the coke network of which we are very familiar with says you're gonna have to go on without us nikki your reaction well, I always tell people that these big presidential campaigns, you know, they're startup companies that have a guaranteed end date, right? Even if you win, right? It is crazy to be part of these. You know, we've worked these where things just come together. It's a multi-million, sometimes hundreds of millions, sometimes a billion dollar operation, but they don't end because you run out of support from voters. They end because you run out of money to continue the campaign. Now, sometimes those things are hand in hand. I think that the Koch brothers, made probably the largest political calculation or the largest political error in the last 20 years by supporting her, right? All of the grassroots folks that I talk to that are part of AFP, they are just completely bamboozled by this, that now they're out there trying to knock doors and advocate for somebody that is what I would call the least grassroots candidate in a, of, our, of our error, of our time. So I think Koch probably looked in the mirror and said, hey, it doesn't make sense just because we don't want Trump. You know, we've gotten bed with this warmongering globalist who is everything that Koch said they weren't on foreign policy. And I think they finally had a wake up call, which was enough activists and enough donors said there is no path forward. Donald Trump is going to be the nominee. Let's come to terms with it. And now Koch has said they're focused on House and Senate races, which, my gosh, people, why weren't you doing that the whole time? Stay out of the race when a warmonger like Nikki Haley is involved. That's my advice on any future political decisions within the Koch network. 
Cliff, you and I, between the two of us, have a huge pile of uh, experience with presidential campaigns. We know the ins and outs. Like, we both worked on them. We know how these things operate. So you're talking about these campaigns as businesses. The consultant class who gets wealthy off of these campaigns, they don't want it to be over. Nikki Haley, as long as she's raising millions of dollars, she's going to stay in the race. I mean, who's really dumb? I mean, if anything, like the consultants are the brilliant ones. I mean, Nikki Haley, if she's somehow squirreling this away, I mean, she's actually brilliant. The dopes are the ones who are actually financing this, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, look at 2016, right? Michael Bloomberg, or maybe I guess it was in 20 with Bloomberg. You know, his consultant was considered the smartest man of the entire election cycle, right? And Bloomberg didn't even win, but his consultant pocketed over $150 million from those TV ad buys because it was wall to wall. So Austin, you're exactly right. Imagine this, okay? You're running for office. The five people that are closest to you, the ones that are in your ear, the ones that are giving you advice on whether to continue and what your message should be, what's their message going to be to you if they're making 10 to 15% on every dollar that you spend? They want the gravy train to continue. So yes, the people surrounding Nikki, the, the people surrounding any of these campaigns when they're failing, they're looking for a path forward to get that next TV buy, right? If they put up a $10 million TV buy, that's $1.5 million in their pocket, right? So the incentives, when I talk about these campaigns not ending due to lack of voter support, but ending because of lack of funding, it's because the people who are giving advice to the politicians, and believe me, they have egos, even the ones we like, right? They're politicians. They got into this business. They're being told to continue on that there is a path. And that incentive structure leads to a lot of people making horrible political decisions. But these consultants, they're the ones that are enjoying every single penny. Yeah, for sure. I mean, politics is all about parasites. And certainly there have got to be a lot of them attached to the Nikki Haley campaign. How far can she go? How long can she last? I mean, it just until the money dries out. Or I mean, at some point when you're losing by this much, you've got to reevaluate and ask yourself what you're doing. And I guess the question is, does she endorse Donald Trump or does I've heard rumors about her running independent as a third party candidate? Where do you if, if you could kind of like look into your crystal ball, Cliff, where do you think we go next? I think that she stays in this thing until the end. Right. I think that the donors that are funding her now forget the Cokes who just pulled out. But I think the donors that are funding her now believe in what I call the alternate to Trump strategy. OK, DeSantis had this strategy for a while. Now, he might not ever come out publicly and say that, but there is a strategy that is, hey, listen, we're not going to beat Trump in a Republican primary. But if something happens legally, if something happens, maybe based on his health, I think more people would say legally is a better or, or is a more likely uh, option here with everything he's going through. But the plan is to be the alternative. And so that you're kind of in the driver's seat as an easy number two. The problem you have is you have to go head to head with Donald Trump to do that, to put yourself in the alternate position. DeSantis understood this. Yes, he stayed in, you know, got through Iowa. He understood it, but he got out. He wanted to save his political capital. The people donating to Nikki Haley are not interested in her political capital. They are interested in keeping the status quo. They are interested in keeping mainstream things in line so that the gravy train of kickbacks from the government through whether it's the military industrial complex, the corporatism, the crony capitalism, they're motivated because Nikki Haley represents everything that they want. 
So she will stay in this thing to the end. There's not going to be some sort of crazy moment at the convention, but she's hoping something happens so horrific that she's sitting there holding the bag as the only alternative to Donald Trump. It's funny. I've been going to CPACs since 2008. I went, you know, all through the Ron Paul years to help Ron win the straw polls and to do whatever I could to support his campaigns. And these were the years that the neocons were dominant. These were the years of John McCain and Mitt Romney. And the energy at these events is so different from then until now. The, I mean, obviously, we liber liberty lovers, we were having fun and we were very excited. But the, re the mood amongst the rest of the Republican Party and the vast right-wing conspiracy was always rather dour, rather dim, grim. It was very okay, boomer, people who were just, yeah, we're just going to support John McCain because he's the candidate, and they weren't excited about him, and Mitt Romney, and we saw what happened. You know, to much to our chagrin, they chose Romney, they chose McCain, and we lost those elections until the Republican Party of today finally found a candidate that, that people were excited about, Donald Trump, and you know, people criticize it. They say, well, if you're not a Trump supporter, you're not welcome at CPAC. Cliff, I know you're not like a, the most MAGA, you're not like Sebastian Gorka, right? You're not, you know, you're not Steve Bannon, right? You're not anti-Trump, but you're not like the guy with the Make America Great Again hat wearing the wall suit out there, right? You're a liberty guy. So talk to me about the difference, you know, you being at CPAC this week, but in the difference in the Republican Party uh, of the Mitt Romney, John McCain years with our insurgent movement there to what Donald Trump has become today. A lot of people say a lot of people who voted for Ron Paul back in the day are gladly supporting Donald Trump, even if that may be confusing to some. Talk to us a little bit about the new Republican Party. Success in politics to me is being able to be in the moment of what becomes things that are on the top of minds of every single voter. Right. And so I get asked this all the time, Austin. People say, well, Cliff, you know, you're this devout libertarian. You know, why are you all in here for Trump or for the Republican Party? We know you're not a party guy. And I have to tell them, look, on the key issues that matter to me, on the key things that I feel really make a difference to my life and my ideology and my principles, I think Donald Trump has knocked it out of the park. And especially on those things that have become a battle, whether it's through culture or through public policy right now. Of course, he sides with the blue collar working man. Of course, he sides with this idea that we don't need to be in any more wars. Of course, he sides with the idea of cutting regulation, leading to better business due to his business experience. Now, on a lot of those issues, Trump didn't just realign the political spectrum. I mean, he blew it up. And what happened was the Republican Party, look, on spending, we were horrible. During the Trump administration, you and me could admit that, you know, whether you want to blame COVID or you want to blame drunk Republican spending, I don't care. But on that issue, we already have a message within the Republican Party of fiscal conservatism, right? On COVID, could we say that there were a lot of things that could have been done differently? Absolutely. But in the current battle of COVID, which side's on the right side? It's not even close. You know, you still, I was just at a hotel in Los Angeles telling me they're not serving breakfast due to COVID protocol. It's 2024. Right. So on all the major issues, I think anybody that believes in really cutting government, anybody that's an afuera Javier <laughs> Malay fan, OK, you, you could not have more of a decision to make. And I just have to point this out. that Yeah, I think at CPAC, you have a group there in the ACU. Right. They're not some devout libertarian principled organization, 
But the culture that they've built and this idea that Donald Trump has ripped the fabric out of the Republican Party to rebuild it, I think it has created new energy. It has created new abilities or at least a new interest from the next generation to try to get involved because there's something worth fighting for. The Republicans are not the party of George Bush and John McCain anymore. And that is a huge win for all of us who believe in liberty. Blessed Cliff Maloney joining us live here from Sedalia, Missouri, fresh from CPAC. Cliff was there uh, this weekend uh, <clears throat> uh, doing a panel, actually. Uh, he got to appear on the stage on CPAC talking about his new initiative, which we're going to have him detail for you here in just a couple of minutes. But first, we got to ask you another question, Cliff. Uh, Javier Malay, did you get to see him? Did you <laughs> did you libertad his carajo? Did you did you afuera? Did you get to to uh, to see the great lion of Argentina while you were there? So I was on a great kick this week. Got to do Timcast uh, earlier in the week. Headed to CPAC. Did a bunch of media hits. But my one major letdown um, was I did have a media hit that was scheduled during Malay being there. Um, so I did not get to uh, to accomplish my libertarian fanboy moment. Uh, of shaking his head. I did love the moment I saw him and Vivek talked and Vivek was mentioning, you know, they were talking about Rothbard and Friedman and Hayek. And it was like, <laughs> that, that should tell you a lot about where I feel like we've got potential to go as a country. Um, and I do think that, you know, if, if world leaders are actually talking about that and people who have a microphone in this country uh, are starting to espouse those views, I mean, maybe everything Ron Paul did was worthwhile after all. No, for sure. I mean, it, it took Barry Goldwater's conservative revolution to lead to Ronald Reagan in the 1980s. We may be seeing, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy as sort of the person who might bring in the, you know, the complete the Ron Paul revolution to an ex, uh, to an extent. We're going to have to, uh, I guess time will tell on that one. But it was exciting to see Javier Malay get up there and give a speech not just a barn burner about politics, right, that was there to get applause, but he actually gave a speech about economics. I don't know if you saw any of the highlights of it. Uh, we're going to talk to my buddy Tony Martinez, who was there in just a few minutes, and then uh, Lisandro Yafar uh, from Argentina in just a few minutes as well. But he actually like correctly identified economically the challenges that we face and and it was like listening to a lecture from Ludwig von Mises or Friedrich von Hayek. I, I used to take uh, classes at the Foundation for Economic Education's um, a house that they had in upstate New York for a few years. And you 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 might as well have been listening to Professor Steve Horwitz, right, or uh, some of the other professors that were there. I mean, Republicans need to hear this message because one of the criticisms that you'll hear when Trump was shaking hands with Malay is they'll say, oh, they're so different. They're not the same, even though the left puts them in the same in the same pot. And I have to explain to people, listen, they have the same enemies, and there's a reason for that. It's true that there are differences between Donald Trump and Javier Malay on trade and a, and a few economic issues here and there. But it's important for us to do what Javier Malay has done and continue to educate Republicans because we could be on the cusp. We never know what could be around the corner if more people can just hear our ideas, they may accept them. And Donald Trump isn't going to be the leader of the party forever. Am I right? Yeah, you're 100% correct. And I do think that the one criticism I had, not just about CPAC, but about any of these, you know, we call normie politicians, is it is all the same canned stump speech the entire time. 
right? I mean, th- this is and no offense to the people speaking at CPAC, but I don't think I've been in the main room at CPAC for six years. <laughs> you know, like maybe I poked my head in, right? But the reality is I could tell you exactly what every single one of Tim Scott's speeches and Marco Rubio's speeches and all of these different Republican senator fill in the blanks, it's all the same, right? It's all the same safe dialogue about the red meat issues. I mean, look at what Javier did when he went to the World Economic Forum, right? He sat there, everyone gave him crap. Why are you going to the WEF? Why are you talking to these people? And he took the opportunity to educate them. He took the opportunity to talk about principle and he just called out the state. I mean, he made the state his, you know what? I mean, he like let them have it and just wasn't holding back. And so, yeah, I do think when people like that pop up, I mean, the reason we love Ron Paul is because he taught me about foreign policy. He taught me about blowback. He, he went on stage and took the time in the national spotlight not to talk about, you know, naming roads and post offices, but to talk about difficult issues. Like, why do they hate us for our foreign policy? Is it really that they hate us because we're free? I think Javier Malay is creating those moments. I think people like Vivek Ramaswamy are trying to create those moments. But here's the most important part about Malay. He is showing the path forward that if Trump gets in and he needs to be held electable, these cuts have to happen. Trump did not come through. And I'll blame the deep state. I'm going to say blame him in 2016. But after everything he's been through now as a complete political dissident, when Ramaswamy says he wants to cut 70% of all these foreign entities, or excuse me, these, you know, these uh, uh, departments, Trump needs to be right there with them. But before we didn't have an example, Javier Malay creates that example. He shows a path forward. And my gosh, just looking at their economic results in the first couple months is like, why are we not doing this? That's the test for Trump. We all need to hold him accountable to completely depleting the deep state. Amen. Cliff Maloney joining us live right now. He's fresh from a huge media tour. He spent the weekend traveling to Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. He was on TimCast with Tim Pool, and you can check that out over at YouTube.com. Cliff Maloney also spent some time on the stage at CPAC on a panel talking about his initiative that's taken the country by storm. It's called the Pennsylvania Chase. Cliff, tell us a little bit about it before we let you go today. Absolutely. Everybody can go to PHase.com. The Democrats have failed us in my home state of Pennsylvania. So as liberty lovers, we're creating solutions. The solution is simple. We're going to hire roughly 100 people. We're going to knock on 500,000 doors chasing ballots in districts that support liberty Republicans. And we think if we do this correctly, the statewide Republican mail-in ballot results can be at a level that I would say at least Republicans can be competitive statewide. And that number for all your listeners to hold me accountable to, Austin, is 33%. Republicans are at 20. They got to get to 33%. PHase.com and at Cliff Maloney Jr. on Twitter. Always appreciate you being a freedom fighter, Austin. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly endorse Cliff Maloney's efforts here to, uh, to bring a little bit more liberty to his home state. But we are glad to have him here in my home state of Missouri, live from Sedalia. Cliff Maloney, ladies and gentlemen, give him a round of applause and follow him on Twitter slash X at Cliff Maloney Jr. Cliff, thanks very much. Congratulations on all your media. It's well-deserved. Have a great, uh, great week. Thanks, y'all. There you go. Cliff Maloney, one more round of applause. What do you say? Give it up for Cliff, Liberty Fighter. We got another Liberty Fighter going to be joining us here in about five minutes. We're going to speak to Tony Martinez. He's going to give us a little bit more of an in-depth background 
of what Javier Malay was talking about in his speech at CPAC, in case that you missed it. Javier Malay had a meeting with Donald Trump, with Vivek Ramaswamy and many other people, made a big uh, impression. Uh, in other news, Donald Trump defeats Nikki Haley in South Carolina. That's Nikki Haley's home state. Quite embarrassing. And Donald Trump but now there's a spirit that I have never seen. We ran two great races, but there's never been, ever, there's never been a spirit like this. And I just want to say that I have never seen the Republican Party so unified as it is right now. Honestly, I'm, I'm optimistic. I feel good about the future. And it's not just because the Democrats are stumbling all over themselves and making us look good by proxy, but look what's happening around the world. Look what's happening in Argentina. Look what's happening in El Salvador. Naya Bukele, he gave a great speech at CPAC, and he's reforming his country, one of the most dangerous countries in the world. He's getting crime under control there. Wouldn't you love to see that on our southern border, you know? Javier Malay with his closing here at CPAC. Before we get our, our friend Tony Martinez in, I'm excited to talk to Tony. He was there. So the message is this. Don't let socialism advance. Don't endorse regulation. No avalen la idea de los fallos de mercado. Don't endorse the idea of market failure. No permitan el avance de la agenda asesina. Don't allow the advance of the murderous agenda. Y no se dejen llevar por los cantos de sirena de la justicia social. And don't let the siren calls of social justice woo you. Yo vengo de un país que compró todas esas ideas estúpidas y de ser un país de los más ricos del mundo está en el lugar 140. I come from a country that bought all of those stupid ideas and from being one of the most affluent countries in the world now we rank 140. Por lo tanto no entreguen su libertad, peleen por su libertad. So don't surrender your liberty, fight for your freedom. <laughs> Porque si no pelean por la libertad, los van a llevar a la miseria. If you don't fight for your freedom, they will drag you into misery. Pero quiero dejarles también un mensaje, un mensaje de optimismo. But I would also like to leave a message of optimism with you. Argentina parecía un país de ovejas condenado a la pobreza del, que nos marcan los socialistas. Argentina seemed to be a country condemned to be like sheep uh, driven by socialists. Y recuerdo cuando inicié mi carrera política para ser diputado nacional, dije que yo no venía a guiar corderos, venía a despertar leones. And when I started my political career in Congress as a congressman, I said that I wasn't there to herd sheep, but rather to awaken lions. Y fue así que cada día despertamos más leones y el mensaje de la libertad no solo nos llevó a la presidencia de la Argentina, sino que además estamos despertando todo el mundo. And we continue to awaken more and more lions every day and the message of freedom didn't just make me present in Argentina. We are awakening the world. Don't surrender in your fight for freedom. Long live freedom, damn it. Long live freedom, damn it. Long live freedom, damn it.
Muchas gracias. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Muchas gracias. Well, it's a Wake Up America show, and we're going to be killing it here with Tony Martinez. He was there. One of those Viva La Libertad Carajos that you heard out in the audience was Tony Martinez. We're going to go get him, U.S. Latin American envoy, to talk about his experience and what he thought of the speech and the future of liberty in Argentina and right here in the United States. Don't go away. 462 people watching live. Viva La Libertad Carajo. Just going to go get Tony. Brief little commercial break. Click the like button. Subscribe to the channel. We'll be right back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, rise and freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. It's the Wake Up America show. And I guess we have to call ourselves Yankees these days because now that all of our eyes are starting to turn towards Latin America, we have to remember that they're Americans too, right? We, we can't just say, oh, we're Americans, right? Because there's North America, there's South America. And now that Argentina and the United States are going to build this empire of liberty together in this hemisphere, we'll have to start calling ourselves Yankee Americans. Who's ready to start a new caucus in the Republican Party? Who wants to start the Javier Malay Yankee Republicans Caucus. Are you with me? All right, show your support. Click that like button over there if you're in and subscribe to the channel if you want to get more updates. The Wake Up America show streams live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. If it seems like we've been talking about Argentina a lot lately, well, we have. That's because Javier Malay has taken the world by storm and his trip to the United States this last weekend earned him even more fans. Even though the former president had already issued his congratulations, it looks like Donald Trump and Javier Malay made fast friends at their very first meeting in person this last weekend in Maryland. Joining us now is a man who was there, U.S. Latin American envoy is Tony Martinez joining us live this morning. Good morning, Tony. Nice to see you, hey, sir. Good morning, Austin. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> so you were there, Tony. You got to see and hear Javier Malay's speech firsthand. And since you actually speak Espanol, uh, you got to wow, appreciate it. Yes, you got to enjoy it before the rest of us did through the translation. Tell us what it was like. Well, it was very exciting. The First of all, it didn't go off on schedule because uh, President Trump uh, gave his speech an hour late. He showed up for what I don't know what the backstory was on that. But after he gave his speech, and I think what happened was that maybe gave the opportunity for both Trump and Malay to meet backstage because uh, Malay went on Argentina News and he talked about his encounter and he said, I wasn't expecting to meet him and it was what just happened there backstage. And so uh, there was a lot, of course, it was really, it was very exciting. Uh, I had, uh, I, I, I did about eight minutes and 20 seconds into the speech. Uh, when it had a pause, I yelled out, Viva la libertad, get out. And, and uh, he said, Viva, <laughs> he responded back to me. <laughs> I, had a, I, had a very, I had a very good seat. And uh, the, of course, the, the crowd was, I think, really captivated by this man because again his approach is really about explaining economics at a level that everybody can understand explaining what the problem is and then he has a way of communicating so that people really understand when when the people understand how they're being 
taken advantage of or ripped off by the state. Uh, he in, empowers them to think of, you know, of alternatives, like, do we really need this? And isn't this awful? And is this really the way that we should exist? And does this really uh, resound in the ideas of freedom? So is it's is very powerful in in that regard, and uh, you know, I'll, uh, he he started basically uh, again with his lecture talking about and breaking into pieces the problems with socialism, the problems uh, with. Keynesian, Keynesian economics, I apologize. And he uses, uh, you know, he referred to all of the scholars and he backs up everything he says with empirical evidence. I mean, the guy is just really solid. And I mean, that's really why he, he was a rock star. Yeah, but one sure. other thing that I, go ahead. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, finish. Now, one other thing that I think that is important, Javier Millet is aligning with the United States. So as much as he, uh, was with Trump on Saturday. Friday morning, he was with Secretary of State Blinken, hosting him on, uh, you know, on the, at, at the Casa Rosada in Buenos Aires. Uh, and even Malay said that in his interview on Argentina News. He said, you know, I'm, 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 I, I'm doing what I'm said I would do. I'm aligning with Israel and the United States in the West. And he wants to make sure that he has good relations with whoever uh, is the uh, winner of the November elections. I just think the the warm up with Trump is that there is there is really empathy and 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 synchrony in the idea of going after the bloated state, the corrupt state, whatever you want to you know what all the names of the deep state because that's what Argentina was been destroyed by that. You're just tuning into the Wake Up America show. Good morning. The numbers continue to rise. 652 people watching us live. Everybody's excited to hear from Tony Martinez, who's joining us live right now. He is an attorney, uh, excuse me, an attorney. He's also a Latin American envoy. He's, he was in the audience this past weekend uh, during the CPAC conference when he got to hear Javier Malay's speech live. And of course, since he speaks Spanish, he can understand it in his own language. There is a bit of a language barrier when you hear the conversation between Donald Trump and Javier Malay, but the conversation between Vivek Ramaswamy and Malay was a little bit more understandable, mostly because it was Vivek talking, but that seemed to be a little bit more of a meeting of the minds. Let's talk about the Vivek Ramaswamy-Malay conversation, uh, and we'll come back to Trump versus Malay, because there are some key differences between Malay and Trump, but it seemed as if Malay and Ramaswamy, much more copacetic on the issues, weren't they? Exactly. I mean, I I think when they met, you can tell by the body language, uh, the warmth and uh, the connection. These are two men that truly understand uh, what they're talking about and and really are are ideological allies. Uh, And and it was great to see them. Uh, interact. And, you know, this is why it's very important to see what happens with who uh, Trump picks for his VP nominee, because I think uh, Vivek is uh, quite the powerful, um, you know, the spokesman for liberty ideals. Speaking of liberty, also interesting, I have to say, uh, 
Robert F. Kennedy Jr. got into this, and last night he tweeted out that he was interested in uh, what Malay was doing, and that tweet got over 2 million views. And so I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't some kind of encounter between them along the way, because again, Malay is interested in allying with the United States. Uh, I think he feels comfortable with people like Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, to Donald Trump, I, I you know, I, I, but again, I, I think they're they're different in in a lot of ways. Uh, but uh, I do you know, want to talk to you, I do want to talk to you about that, Tony. The differences between Javier Malay and Trump. But before we do, let's talk about how they're alike, because I think you know the left is trying to tar them with the same brush, puts them in the same bucket. Uh, it, it is the case that Javier Malay and Donald Trump both have the same enemies. You would agree? Yes. Why? Why do they have the same enemies? If they're, if they're so different, as so many people love to point out, why do they have the same enemies? Because uh, here's a similarity, and, and, and Malay talks about it in his speech, and I really encourage everybody, you know, just go onto YouTube and just listen to the speech. It's, you know, listen to it more than once. There's a lot of information. But what he's talking about is that, and he, and he attacks Keynesian economics. He just, he basically boils it down to, these are people that, that take your money and manipulate it and they enrich themselves and they may make it look like that they're really doing you a favor and they're really not. They're depriving you of your liberty and they all wind up making things worse and they're corrupt. And in this parallel fashion, Trump has, uh, you know, seized on going after the swamp and talking about uh, just how corrupt things are. So there's that there's that synchronicity. Uh, they, they, they are they are alike in that regard. And then there, similarly, you know, the principles of liberty, you know, lower taxes, more free markets. Although Trump is not quite as libertarian as Malay is, and. We need to. We really need to. We're 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 up as a country, up for some serious challenges. That you know, Bukele talked about that uh, about the problems and the challenges coming to the U.S. dollar because we are endless wars, uh, overprinting money, uh, not addressing our debt, uh, and these are the things that destroy countries, and it it can destroy us if we do not stop. Now, Trump and Millet, they seem to understand that they are united on certain key principles, opposing socialism, yes. opposing wokeism, opposing social justice. And, you know, for me, Tony, despite the fact that I'm a, a Javier Millet Republican, I'm a, you know, down the line, pretty doctrinaire libertarian. I have heresies like anybody else on certain issues here or there. But... At the end of the day, the reason why I'm comfortable voting for and supporting Donald Trump is because whether it's Trump or whether it's the people behind him, that we all broadly agree on this set of issues, fighting wokeism in academia, fighting diversity, equity, and inclusion, fighting environmental social governance standard, standards, fighting the eco-fascists of the left. And I mean, for me, that's enough. I know it's not for some people, and there are some key differences between Trump and Malay when it comes to economics or things like that. I mean... Are you going to vote for Donald Trump this fall, despite, you know, the, some of the differences that you have with him? I mean, I mean, are you comfortable supporting Donald Trump? I mean, you, you seem to be a little bit more on the liberty side of things like we are, because uh, I, I kind of detect a little bit of um, not revulsion, but just a little bit of 
what do you call it? Just hesitancy about Donald well, Trump I, from I, some I of mean, these things. I, we have to see how things pan out. I mean, I've right. taken the position that that the country, the majority of the country wants an option besides Biden and Trump. And, and uh, we have to see how this pans out. Uh, there, there's still a long way to go. Uh, and we need to see what happens. Uh, Millade talks about as something also, and he didn't refer to him in this speech, but in other speeches, refers to Gramsci. And Gramsci describes a, uh, was a man who wrote a, like a playbook on how to infiltrate and indoctrinate uh, along the Marxist uh, playbook. And uh, that's what they've done in academia. And that's what they've done. And that's how they, that's how all this uh, Marxist, uh, cultural Marxism has, has sprouted. It's even sprouted in, in, uh, in healthcare, uh, what, with what we saw with lockdowns and now they're trying to make everybody vegan and all these other kinds of things. Yeah, it's all this global, the globalists. So, you know, Trump doesn't, what I hear, the difference is I say, Trump spent most of his speech sharing stories and, and, and really communicating, saying, I understand that you're angry and you're frustrated and I'm going to, uh, resolve this, you know, count on me. I I can get the job done, you know. And Malay is a kind of guy, uh, is a kind of leader where, like I said, he is speaking more, he's more educating and more informing. It's a different style, but uh, but still effective nevertheless. So, you know, we'll see how these things go. I'm, I want to see how things play out. Uh, speaking speaking of the, style, though, I'd love to hear your thoughts, Tony, on uh, Nayib Bukele uh, of El Salvador. He also gave a speech at CPAC. Fantastic. I mean, he's listen, he he has the empirical evidence. He turned the country with the highest murder rate uh, in the world down to the made it the safest country in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, he basically put the gangs in jail. Uh, he and the people support it. He put it. They've gone to elections and they 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 support that. And by establishing law and order, you know, now you have conditions that will support, uh, you know, economic development and growth. Uh, because, you know, some people think, oh, you're libertarian, you're for chaos. I don't know what's for chaos. There's a distinction between chaos and freedom. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, in order for things to work, there has to be order. And so Bukele has been quite successful. I'm looking forward to going out to El Salvador later in the year myself. Uh, and so, I mean, he's just, uh, he, you know, he's smart. In fact, Bukele is aligning with other Latin American leaders who wanted to deal with the problems of the, the drug cartels and the gangs and all of that. I mean, Bukele is uh, making it happen. Uh, he's, made, he's, he's definitely putting a stop to it. Just seems like there's just been a revolution south of the border. Not when I say south of the border, I'm talking about south of the Mexican border because uh, south of the border in the United States, we do have chaos. We have an immigration crisis in this country, yeah. uh, and, you know. And I think that if these Latin American countries do solve many of their crime and economic problems, that's going to be probably the biggest way to fix this problem. Is absolutely when when, when poverty and crime 
uh, aren't running rampant in these South American countries, the people aren't going to have a reason to flee north to the United States. And yet that, those day, that day may be coming, but it's not here yet. When it comes to the question, though, uh, of the southern border, Donald Trump has proposed a radical solution, and that is to deport tens of millions of people, Tony. How could he possibly accomplish something like that? I don't think it's I don't think it's a practical I don't think it's a practical solution. Uh, I do think uh, we do need to we do need to show deportation. We need to we need to send a message, you know, like, for example, when those 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 uh, young people in New York City attacked our police, you know, they should have been rounded up. They should have been taken and say, listen, you 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 misbehave here. Forget about it. We're putting you on the plane and we're going to send you back to your country. Now, unfortunately, in those in the case of those young men, I think most of them are from Venezuela. We have a real problem with Venezuela. Uh, so and and you talk about uh, you were talking about America uh, just as an interesting little anecdote, someone to, to study a little more. Uh, Simon Simon Bolivar, you know, he said that, you know, he called both continents all of America. And then there's a great, he said in one speech, he said, we're all sons of America. We're all the children of America. So anyway, that's just a little side anecdote. But when, the, Trump, was, when we, Trump said they're not sending their best, I mean, Venezuela and these. I mean, they dump like, their jails. Yeah, right. They dump yeah. their jails and their and their insane asylums. And they're all like, yeah. And and, uh, you know. We have to. This is why we need to have, like I said, we need to have order on the border, and you know, we also need to send a strong message. And I think that's what Trump is trying to say uh, that to have this like very strong deportation stance. Uh, but I don't logistically. It's not easy to deport all, all, you know, all of these people. So we know that uh, we're not going to be. We're going to we're gonna have to screen. We're going to have to screen. Yeah, we're not going to be able to deport tens of millions of people, but we should be able to deport at least some millions of people, and we should screen the people who have come here, like yes. you said, the mentally ill, the criminals, right, the the obvious cartel members, the people who are human trafficking, you know, engaging in human trafficking. Those people got to go, Tony. Right. And, it, 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 it enforce the law. But the Immigration and Nationality Act says, you know, a criminal is, does not qualify for an immigration benefit. Someone who's mentally ill does not qualify for uh, an immigration benefit. Someone who is a drug addict or an alcoholic or has a communicable disease does not qualify for an immigration benefit. We need to enforce the law. But it, it, the, the infrastructure has been totally uh, uh, it, been ignored, neglected. That's really it's, it's been neglected. Congress has not done its job. The issue of, of immigration has been so politicized. No one's applying the solutions. And meanwhile, this this is still going on. We still have the chaos on the border. Completely agree. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, 625 of you here with us live right now. Good morning. We're glad and thankful to have you here. I'm Austin Peterson. We appreciate you very much for joining us. Do me a favor, real quick, click that like button and subscribe to the channel. We'd love to have you come back and be a regular on the show. We have great interviews like this on the daily. Tony Martinez. He's an attorney and he is a Latin American envoy. He's chatting with us a little bit right now about his experience at CPAC this last weekend oh, yeah. where he got to see Javier Malay's speech. Uh, and he's sharing with us a little bit about what's happening south of the border. Uh, and we're having a nice little conversation about Latin American politics. 
Uh, Tony, I'm running out of time here in this segment. I just want to. Yeah, the, I wanted to give the, you a the la, to... No, no, the la, last to said it. I oh, brought yeah. my my uh, Ronald Reagan tie pen. President Reagan gave me this pen uh, when I graduated from high school. Uh, I was a United States Senate page uh, for the Senate Republican leadership when President Reagan was uh, inaugurated in that year. But when I graduated from high school, we got to go to the White House. So I wore that in CPAC. I hadn't been at CPAC in a while. Uh, I really appreciate uh, uh, being part of the show. People can follow me on, on Twitter at, at U-S-L-A-T-A-M-E-N-V-O-Y, U.S. Latam Envoy. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time, Tony Martinez, and for the update from CPAC. We look forward to having you back on the show again. Thanks for being a big supporter of the show, too, Tony. I know you've been helping us to unlock that bonus content so everybody hey, can enjoy listen, those I, documentaries. Listen, I think your I think the bonus content you can we can literally create a curriculum. Imagine creating a civics course that we could give to people, really teaching them all of these great people that the principles of freedom uh politically, economically, socially, it's really great work that you're doing. I'm Thank happy you, to support you. Thank you very Thank much, you. Tony. We appreciate that. You have a wonderful week and we'll talk to you again real soon. Tony Martinez. enjoying the show do me a favor click the like and the subscribe you can also send us a text and let us know what's on your mind if you want to tell me why you think i'm a big fat idiot you can send me a text right there at 573-319-1586 that's 573-319-1586 we're going to speak to lisandro yafar from argentina here in just a few minutes Uh, but with Trump, with Trump, we got a lot. Okay, there we go. Uh, the Wake Up America show brought to you by viewers and listeners just like yourself. Uh, if you can see yourself watching and listening to this show on the regs, then make sure that you click that subscribe button. On the regs means regularly. Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time is the schedule for the Wake Up America show right here at Rumble.com. And we are exclusive on rumble.com this month because rumble has taken upon us to put us in their rumble creator partner program so thank you to that and thank you to rumble for featuring us on the front page today we get a chance to be introduced to all these new names and faces of the people who are joining us here live right now listening to our voices i imagine several hundred of you are here for the very first time today oh we'd love to have you be a regular on the show and we're grateful to rumble to introducing us to you uh, in just a few minutes, we're going to speak to Lisandro Iafar, uh, who is a young person who helped to, uh, Javier Malay to win his election in Argentina, and he has a lot of good on-the-ground POVs he's going to share with us here in just a few minutes. But before we do, I just want to ask you a favor. If you haven't already, check out the AP for Liberty Shop website, where we offer our delicious Founding Flavors coffees. And I know a lot of people say, Austin, every conservative or libertarian influencer has coffees now. Yes, but mine is the best. And I know that I'm partial to my own coffee. Obviously, I want you to try mine and buy mine for my own pecuniary interests. However, I also offer a guarantee that if you do not like my coffee, I will buy it back from you and I will drink it. So if you go to apforlibertyshop.com and you buy a box of Founding Flavors coffee and you taste it and you're like, this ain't no good, just contact me and I will, you can return it. I will uh, refund your money and then you will lose nothing because you're like, oh, well, Austin, I didn't like the coffee, so I don't lose anything. But I promise you that you're going to like it. 
My favorite flavor is the Thomas's Painkiller. That uh, that's a very popular one, as well as George Washington's Revolutionary Roast. For the dark roast fans, Adams's Patriotic Perk, and we also have a new one at the shop called Madisonian Mornings. So if you're a light roast drinker and you like lots of caffeine, the light roasts are the best. Jeffersonian Java and Madisonian Mornings, both the light roasts. Which, if you're interested in it, check it out again at ap4libertyshop.com. That's ap the number four ap4libertyshop.com. Texas 55681. Support Rumble, who actually supports free speech. Amen. Kermode Bear says Austin's coffee really is the best. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Look, it's Liz. Says best morning show. And my lovely friend Joni Rankin from Springfield, Missouri says she's drinking Jeffersonian Java now. You guys are awesome. Thank you very much. Since you guys went ahead and unlocked that bonus content, I get to play it a couple of times throughout the show. So instead of like the typical long commercial break before I go get my guests, I'm going to play for you again the bonus content that supporters and viewers just like you unlocked today as part of our mini documentary series for this week. The theme is Heroes of Liberty. I hope you enjoy this next scene. I'm going to go get Lisandro Iafar. We're going to talk to him about what's next for the Lion of Argentina on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Just a moment, Lisandro. Just a moment. They can't hear you just yet. I got to do a brief little intro. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Wake Up America show. I'm Austin Peterson. Glad and thankful to have you here. As you can hear, my guest is waiting in the wings. I'm going to bring him in here in just a moment. But first of all, I have to say thank you to the audience. You guys are having a little bit of a love fest over there. Thank you to Joni Rankin, Mighty Megatron, CJ824, Frickety, Urz Mommy. It's nice to see you guys all here today, and I'm grateful for all the kind words. If you haven't clicked that like button yet on the stream, make sure you do so. Click like, and if it's your first time here and you like the love fest, subscribe to the channel as you can see people really enjoy hanging out with us here every monday through friday from 7 to 9 a.m central time the wake up america show streams live all right it's time to rock and roll well we talked a little bit about javier malay's speech at cpac but now that the lion of argentina has returned home he faces a great battle with the socialists and the kirchnerists of the left who are going to do everything they can to try and prevent him from getting his libertarian agenda across the line. Remember, his success is our success. If Javier Malay succeeds and the eyes of the world can finally say, here is an example of libertarian ideals and practice, you know what it's like if you've ever been out there and said, hey, I, I like libertarians and I like libertarian ideas. Well, when has libertarianism ever been tried? Well. Here it is in Argentina. Let's speak to somebody down there who knows what's happening on the ground, who can give us a little better idea for what he's up against. His name is Lisandro Yafar, and he's joining us live right now from Argentina. Good morning. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Thank you so much. <laughs> Glad to have you here, Lisandro. Tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of uh, what, how you sort of uh, interacted with the Libertad Avanza movement, uh, you know, and sort of your expertise on Javier Malay and his candidacy. Okay, um, I am an aeronautical engineer. I actually was was completely disconnected from anything regarding regarding politics until well, uh, the crisis was impossible to not to to not to see. So I started to understand that I had to do something about it. 
Um, the first thing that actually got me uh, into libertarianism was uh, another man in this story that it is a complete story by himself, who did quite a lot of dirty tricks to make it to um, a presidential debate in 2015. And there he says, the future of Argentina is going to be libertarian or it is not going to be. And that stuck with me. That was the first time I even heard the word libertarian. So I started to look to look it up. Uh, what what it is about? Um, then my mind exploded on everything I ignored. <laughs> that um, I learned then that I had to understand. I had to get involved into in order to prevent everything of, of what was going on. I, I understood and libertarianism tells you that it is your responsibility only, not the state. Uh, we are educated to uh, understand that everything that it is a problem within society, it is the, the, the state responsibility to solve. And it is the exact opposite. So uh, that was the, what, what kicked me in into this landscape. Um, that was in 2015, a, a long time ago. So I first started with um, many um, initial um, libertarian movements. One failed after the, after the other. So I have first-hand experience in how to make one from scratch and how to make it fail. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, then I... I I, I never stopped. That that was the thing that um, actually allowed everyone involved in, in this stage of libertarianism to to make it happen. A lot of us, even in the face of crushing defeat, uh, never stopped and took all of that experience with us and applied it to the next time. We failed again, then applied it to the next time and so on until Javier came. And he made a possible a lot of things that, that were un, unimaginable uh, be, before him. Uh, if you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, I'm speaking to Lisandro Iafar. He is an aer aeronautical engineer from Argentina who got involved with politics and helped support the campaign of President Javier Malay. Uh, Javier has already had some tremendous victories and has made quite an impression around the world. Uh, with the shuttering of government agencies. He had the power to do that, and so he has. He has made a move to shut down woke agencies that leftists use to try and uh, advance their socialist views uh, on the and project them onto the rest of society. So we uh, applaud him and congratulate him for that. But he has faced some setbacks in passing his omnibus bill and in advancing the ideas or, or advancing a process of dollarization in Argentina. So he's returned to Argentina this morning. What is his next big challenge? What does he have to do? What's his next big battle that he has to fight in order to advance liberty in Argentina? Excellent question. Um, the biggest challenge actually right now is um, his own structure. That's what I see from within. Um, he cannot fail in the face of his opposition because he is not playing the same game. So um, sometimes he, do, he does it on purpose. For example, uh, he expected the, um, the omnibus law to not to go through. 
um, it was obvious obvious for him that it was not going to happen. But since he's not playing the same game that the socialism, he he do not need um, state structure, uh, clientele state structure to keep himself in power. He's against that. So he can allow himself to destroy it. And he can still um, um, go through. So he can do things like the uh, uh, omnibus law, which he knows that if it passes, good, it passes. If it doesn't, good, it doesn't, because now everyone sees who is responsible for that. So um, he cannot fail in either situation. Um, obviously, uh, it was better for Telau to, to pass through. Um, the only difference is going to be the time, how much we are going to have to suffer until that happens. But at the end, it is going to it is going to happen. So that's his secret here. Um, he is playing politics from a libertarian perspective. That his greatest um, his greatest achievement. He demonstrated that libertarianism in itself can be a political strategy too. He even used it within his party to get a coalition in record time, um, and that was capable of making him president. We are speaking of a coalition composed of people with no experience at best in anything regarding politics and the electoral process in itself, and he still did it. Um, so his greatest challenge still is his own structure, because um, everything is going to be, to be okay. Everything that has to be there, he has been doing it. Everything is going to work. but then next year is going to be the medium term elections new deputies are going to be elected and if that people is not at least parallel and functional not to say brilliant just people capable of raising their their hands when they are told to um and they are corrupt and go to the opposition with already happening um if that happens then he he the only way for him for him for to fail is from within. He cannot fail with, with what he has in front of him. People is going to see that the next year, people is going to vote for him and he's going to give him a whole new wave of deputies to go against all of these uh, corrupt socialists that are, are preventing us from progress. Mm. Everyone understand that? Yes, sorry. No, 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 you're fine. Uh, we're speaking to uh, Lisandro Yafar. Uh, he is an Argentinian uh, aeronautical engineer who got involved with politics to support Javier Malay. He's giving us a little bit of background and details of some of the, the current battles that Javier Malay is embroiled in. Uh, and I wanted to have Lisandro on the show today to help inspire us here as libertarians or liberty lovers or populist conservatives, Trump supporters who might be tuning into this Wake Up America show live right now so that we can learn about what Javier Malay has done. If you'd like to see more free market economics, like what uh, uh, Javier Malay has advanced in Argentina, brought to the United States, we need to learn about, first of all, understand the differences between our two systems, but also to understand the similarities. And as I understand it, Lisandro, this was a big conversation this last weekend um, about the, there is a libertarian party of Argentina. Now I have, uh, been a, a member of the Libertarian Party of the United States in the past. I, I quit in 2017 to join the Republican Party to hopefully take to to hopefully bring libertarian ideas to the Republican Party because 
I see the the Libertarian Party as uh, inept an inept vehicle to try and advance these ideas here in the United States, and many times working even against these ideals. Um, now, the Libertarian Party of Argentina sounds very similar to the one here in the United States from a functional perspective. Uh, and yet, so explain to us a little bit about the Libertarian Party of Argentina, because some people claim, oh, well, he's a Libertarian Party member of Argentina, but that's not quite true, is it? Help us to understand that electoral makeup. Perfect. Yes. Uh, the Libertarian Party precedes Milley uh, here in Argentina. It was formed um, way before him. He even came to prominence. But it was just another party. It formed itself under under the wrong conception that if you enter in the exact same system with the exact same rules, but with another predisposition, um, you are going to make these di things different. And you are not. You are working in the exact same system with the exact same rules. You are going to get the exact same results. So um, it, the Libertarian Party formed, it, uh, formed itself like any other socialist party with the exact same structure and got the exact same results. It ended up being um, authoritarian mess uh, and completely entitled because they hold it to the one true, um, the only, the only true religion. Um, they, they were unreliable. The real libertarians. They are the only real libertarians, and, <laughs> and there are many versions within the Libertarian Party, which are the one true Libertarian Party within the Libertarian Party, depending to, to who you ask. So they, it, 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 it was so unreliable that um, anyone who got involved heavily into this was not part of it. I, I included, of course, I looked for the Libertarian Party. It is, it is in the name. Javier Millet himself um, tried to make, for obvious reasons, the Libertarian Party his, his main platform, and he quickly realized that it was not going to be. Even it, when he started uh, with the idea, the, the, the Libertarian Party was still kind of big, but already in decline by the time he started, and in record time when he entered, it, it it declined even faster after after that because they thought that he was he Javier is libertarian and we are the libertarian party he's coming to us he's going to solve all of problems and he's going to make up for everything with I'm sorry for the expression everything we fucked up so uh, and they really thought of that even today they keep that delusion which never happened and. They thought, okay, we have to change nothing. We have to change nothing. He is going to make up for everything. Um, they did not even make it to the coalition. They even lost the um, jurisdictions in the process by losing elections, by losing affiliates, uh, by losing by losing people. When when I started, when everything of this started, I was in what at the moment was a minor party which ended up being the main party of the coalition, which is called the Democrat Party, which do not mean the same at all, like in the United States. Um, and the Libertarian Party was, was bigger. In the same time, we grew, and they fell, and they fell. They lost nearly all of the jolt. Um, they, they, they became so desperate that they actually uh, degraded even more and faster with time getting into an 
ever in increasingly unreliable mess and so, undescriptable. It, so it sounds it sounds like par for the course for the Libertarian Party of the United States. Same kind of problems that we're facing here. So when Javier Malay ran for president, he did not run under the Libertarian Party line. He created a new coalition called Libertad Avanza, and that coalition, if I understand it correctly, please correct me if I'm wrong, that coalition is a coalition of Trump-style populists and libertarian, Javier Malay-style libertarians. Is that the case? Kind of. Uh, I think you can cherry-pick the people with actual conviction, convictions within. Um, yeah, Agustin lot... Romo, the, the, the deputy from Buenos Aires, for example. I, I, see, yeah. I see many elected members of Javier Malay's party that consider themselves to be Trump-style populists over more Javier Malay Republicans, and yet they, they formed a coalition with Javier Malay. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But again, you can cherry pick people with actual convictions. They pretty much the ones you know in Twitter. Um, I think you see most... what I'm getting at here, right, Lisandro? Do you see yeah. what I'm? Do you see what I'm trying to sort of, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. You, you see what I'm getting at because um, this is so important here in the United States because we don't have the choice of Javier Malay here in the United States. Yeah, it's, it, it's yeah, Donald yeah. Trump or it's Joe Biden at this point for us, or Nikki Haley, if you really want to go back to the warmongering days of George W. Bush. But a coalition of populist Trump Trump supporters and uh, libertarian-style, Javier Malay-style Republicans, that's a very powerful tonic, is it not? Yes. Um, in your case, like you are saying, you have no more options. It is a double-edged sword. Um, it was here again. I made the I made permanently the comparison of Trump to um, another candidate that was president before uh, Milley, which is Colin Macri. I don't know if you heard of him. Trump is that man. Trump is Macri. Trump is um, Macri is was the president of the coalition who lost the government after his first uh, government, um, his first and only government, just like it happened to Trump. And they were so alike in everything, the manners, the measures, the everything that I, I cannot prevent myself from seeing it failing the exact same way. So I will not, I, under, I understand what you mean because the same is happening here now after being enemies, they are the only ones from coming from this guy, which are supporting Millet, uh, which are going to be part of the coalition. Um, with that, that's already said, uh, and it's going to happen. So the alliance, it, it, the coalition is going to be natural. It, it is sad that it did not happen before, but maybe in your case, it is going to happen to happen sooner. But solely uh, um, political force, solely composed of Trump-like or Republican-like um, people, it is likely to make the same mistakes. Um, what I'm what I'm wanted to say with this is that it is not good for libertarianism to stain it, stain itself way too much with that and to get associated with that because they, then it is not going to be able to show itself as an alternative. And that's exactly what Javier did. Javier separated himself completely from uh, the responsibles of the catastrophes 
uh, from Macri, which again is essentially Trump, and he made something new. You have no time for that. That's out you know, of question. We don't, we don't, and we're not gonna. We don't deal with the same problems of 150 percent inflation in our country. Americans are by and large fat, lazy. Many of them don't vote. Young people are not committed to politics quite frequently, whereas your uh, Javier Malay won largely because 16-year-olds who they thought would vote socialist showed up in droves to vote for Javier Malay. So there are major differences. And unfortunately, in the United States, we may have to make more compromises as libertarians than, yes. than Javier Malay and Argentines might because... Again, the circumstances of the ground are not the same. We're running out of time, Lisandro. This is a great conversation, yeah. but I do want to give you the floor here. Uh, if there's anything else that's of importance that you think our listeners should know to share with us before we let you go. Yes, um, definitely, definitely take and consider Trump has a middle step. Take it as a middle step, not as a long term anything and concentrate yourself into getting involved and generating an alternative. Otherwise, this is not going to change. Good stuff. Uh, you can follow Lisandro Yafar on Twitter or X if you just follow his name, Lisandro Yafar. You can see how it's spelled right underneath his beautiful face down there uh, on to my, I guess if you're looking at the screen, it's to my right. Uh, and so just type it in there, L-I-S-S-A-N-D-R-O. I-A-F-F-A-R. You can find him over at twitter.com slash his name, his username there. Lisandro, you've been so helpful in helping me to uh, educating me about what's happening in Argentina. I've been grateful to make your acquaintance in recent months, and I hope I uh, look forward to learning even more from you and hopefully having you back on the show as things develop down there. Good luck and uh, viva la libertad carajo. Viva la libertad carajo. Thank you <laughs> so much. Thank you, Lisandro. Thank you very much. Give him a round of applause. We appreciate his input very much. He did a great job today. You don't get interviews like that anywhere else in the whole world. Nobody else is having these conversations this morning. You only get to hear them right here on the Wake Up America show. So do me a favor, click that like button and subscribe to the channel. We've only got a few more minutes left and I promised you I would do it. So here it is. It is Shane Gillis on Saturday Night Live. Uh, we're going to talk about, well, I don't have time to play his entire eight-minute monologue, but it was a tour de force of comedy, making fun of uh, pretty much everything that you can't make fun of anymore. Uh, here he is uh, doing a, a, a skit about Donald Trump's new sneakers. Take a look. Eight-year-old Gordon Dwyer just couldn't catch a break. Not at work. Dwyer! Not in love. <laughs> And especially not on the court. Gordon for three. Nice shot, idiot. Why am I such a loser? But that's all about to change. Gordon, thought you could use these. Donald J. Trump? Whoa, Trump never surrender sneakers? Awesome. Dude, I want those shoes so bad. And Gordon Dwyer's about to find out that winning. Come on, man, how'd you miss that? Is a state of mind. I didn't miss. It went in. Oh. All right. From Newsmax Studios and the writer of Like Mike comes another magical sneaker movie for white people. <laughs> so you're saying these Trump shoes made you good at basketball? 
No, they give me the power to say I'm good at basketball and then double down on that until people actually start to believe it. Now he gets whatever he wants. Mr. Mitchell, everybody's saying I should have your office because my cubicle is a disaster right now. Well, can I have a minute to gather my things? Bye-bye. He gets whoever he wants. Wow, that was the most fantastic lovemaking you've ever had. Not really, it only lasted two hours. That was a two hour love sesh. You had a big O in there, a very big O, but. I did? No. Wanna go again? I'd love to, but you're too tired. <laughs> and he is whatever he says he is. Excuse me, excuse me. It's 170. Now, he's a brand new man. Noticing. Nice shoes. But you know, in many ways, the real magic has been inside of you all along. <laughs> Wrong. It comes from the shoes, and you're coming off as very stupid and, frankly, quite rude walking in here like this. My work here is done in terms of basketball movie pastiche and with regard to shoes, I think we've done a wonderful... White men can <laughs> trump. Oh. You got new shoes too? Yeah. Air Bidens. Now pass me in the rock. Here we go. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, there it is. So the Wake Up America show brought to you by viewers and listeners just like you. That was so funny. There's a couple of other clips from Shane Gillis's appearance on Saturday Night Live. Maybe I'll play another one for you tomorrow. But uh, the uh, the one that he did about Liberty Mutual, it was this fake Liberty Mutual ad, just had me rolling. And his monologue was absolutely terrific. We're bringing we're bringing politically political incorrectness back. We're back, baby. Comedy is back. The Wake Up America show streams live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time, and it's brought to you by viewers and listeners just like you. Thank you for all the support. Thank you to Rumble.com for featuring us on the front page. To be able to perform this show in front of such a big audience is an absolute pleasure and a treat. And I am honored and grateful that you would join me on the Wake Up America show live. It's the last time I ever see you. I hope you enjoyed it, but I hope that it's not. You'll come back tomorrow morning and join us again live at 7 a.m. Central Time. We've got tons of great guests every day, great interviews, great content, great clips like that. We stay informed, we're passionate about liberty, and we like to have a few laughs every now and again. So if that sounds like your bag, baby, well, join Austin Peterson, that's me, AP for Liberty, right here tomorrow morning again on the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com.